Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Frank Fleming, and you are listening to my brand new podcast, a gun podcast for people who don't know shit about guns. This is a podcast for the new gun owners out there, or maybe just people wanting to own a firearm for the first time, and the goal of this podcast is to help guide them in their journey and keep them from making stupid, dangerous, and otherwise cringeworthy mistakes and also help undo some of the lure that mainstream media has put out there about guns. So just stick around, and we'll get on with today's episode. Alright, so for today's episode, the episode is called Scary Accidents That Happen at the Range, and this episode was inspired by a gun tuber named Ian McCullum, who has his own channel on YouTube called Forgotten Firearms, And he did an episode where he went and talked about scary range accidents that happened to him. And knowing that I've had a few scary close calls myself, I decided that I would dedicate this second episode to scary accidents that happened on the range since my first episode was all about gun safety and how to avoid those accidents. So the first incident that I'm going to talk about is the day that a buddy of mine and I were down at a public shooting range and we almost got shot. So to start off from the beginning, uh, my buddy and I had gone down to this public shooting range with his stepson and we were we had brought two of our sniper rifles and a 22LR uh, AR calibered rifle for his stepson so my buddy we're just going to call we're just going to reference him as rico because i know that he wouldn't want his actual identity being put on this podcast probably and the kid we're just going to call rico's son uh stepson so um we get down to the range and we set rico's stepson up with the 22 ar and it's uh let's note that the stepson is like 10 or 11 uh, old enough to be handling a 22 uh, caliber rifle. So um, my buddy and I, uh, we're shooting um, these sporterized Mosin Nagant rifles um, that are they they've got custom chassis and uh, the barrels have been chopped and they're really loud and uh, it's a 7.62 by 54R caliber. So I mean you're basically a 308 at that point. And, um, so while we are shooting, we got down there and it was just us three. And for the first like 40, 45 minutes, it was great. It was just me and him and the kid. And we were taking pictures and videos for our social media accounts. Uh, I think we were trying to start a YouTube at that time, a YouTube channel that <laughs> never got off the ground, which is why I'm doing this uh, podcast right here. Anyway, so after about 40, 45 minutes, these two cars pull up. And it's these two guys, grown men, uh, with uh, another child. But this child is like five or six, and he was really small. The guys pull out an AR, a shotgun, and a, a Glock that was chambered in 45 ACP. We called a cold range because we knew that they were probably going to want to set up their targets and whatnot. And only they never had any targets to set up they even told us this they're like hey if y'all were calling it for us to go set up targets we ain't got none of that we we're like all right well we need to check our targets anyway so we did that we checked our targets we set up new ones and we were like hey we're, we're about to go hot are y- y- y'all good and they were like yeah let us put our our ear earplugs in 
And all they had were these, like, really cheap foam earplugs that I absolutely hate because they don't work. But it's not me. It's them. So we, um, uh, after they got their ears in, their little foam earplugs in, we started shooting again. Only they didn't know that our rifles were so big and loud that every time we shot, they were, like, jumping and looking our way and looking all distressed. Uh, anyway, uh... So the, the first incident that's kind of scary, really scary, really, is old dude, uh, the father of the small child, pulls out his forty five caliber pistol and a cell phone, continues to hand the forty five caliber ACP pistol to the child, and starts pressing record on the cell phone. Well, the kid is so small and his hands are so weak, he can't even rack the slide of this thing. So the guy racks the slide for him and hands the kid the pistol. The kid's hands are so small that he can't even pull the trigger with one hand. He has to use both hands in order to pull the trigger. And when he does pull the trigger, the recoil is so big for this kid that the gun comes flying back, damn near smacking the kid in the face. And as he continues to pull the trigger, he almost causes a, a, a mini bump fire scenario to where it's just and the, the kid is like losing control of where he's aiming this gun and damn near shoots my friend's step stepson who's just over on another shooting bench minding his own business so we once again have to call a cold range and we look at the guys and we're like hey look don't do that again. Like, your son or nephew, whoever he is, is way too small to be handling a pistol. Technically, by law, you're not even supposed to be in possession of one of those things if you're not 18, and you can't even buy one of those things unless you're 21. So, to just be handing a 45 caliber pistol to a 5-year-old and say, Hey, kid, have at it. Well, 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 let me hit the record button first. Okay, now have at it. It's just totally irresponsible and fucking negligent. So, I'm not going to say that my parents never let me handle pistols when I was a kid. Like, when I was 7 or 8, I remember my dad letting me shoot his 38 revolver. But he didn't just hand me the gun and say, Have at it, Junior! No, he literally was holding the gun with me, and he was making sure that I didn't, you know, rapid fire it. He was making sure that I was actually aiming the gun. And after the gun was emptied, he took it from me, dispensed the cartridges, reloaded it, and then lather, rinse, repeat, if you will. But he was never just like, hey, here's this gun that I know you're too small for, and you know what, let's just see what happens. But then again, that would have been back in the fucking 90s where everybody didn't have a fucking camera in their back pocket trying to become internet superstars. So, uh... On that note, we're, we're explaining to the guy, we're like, hey, look, man, you know, the kid's too small. You know, he really doesn't even need to be out here. You kind of got him in a dangerous predicament or whatever. And so then the guy, like, counters. Fucking Uno reverses us. And he's like, hey, you know what? You guys kind of look like y'all know what y'all are doing. I don't know if y'all are ex-military or cops or what, but you, you damn near, you got the clothes, you got the gear, you got the guns. I, I can just tell that you guys know what y'all are doing. Would, would you mind teaching my son a little bit about gun safety? Because I personally don't know anything about gun safety. And so me and my buddy Rico could kind of tell that, okay, this guy's just trying to, like, 
turn us into like free babysitters and he knows he's fucked up he knows he's got his kid in a situation or an environment that he doesn't belong in and he doesn't want to just pack it up and go home he wants to fire the rest of his guns and his ammo and then call it a day and so i was like look look dude um since you don't have any firearm safety why don't you and your son and your buddy for that matter sit with us and we'll give you a, a, a the, the runaround and so basically we told him everything that we went over in the previous episode so i'm not going to go into all that and then we're like okay now uh you go back to your side of the range and we'll go back to ours well the guy is like well hey look that rifle that your kid's shooting that's a 22 right and we're like yeah he's like do you do you think your son would mind if my kid, like, shared that rifle? And we looked to Rico's son, uh, stepson, and uh, we're like, hey, look, kid, this is your call. This is your rifle. You bought your this ammo with your allowance money. If you want to share with the kid, fine. But if you don't, you know, then we'll we'll back you up, and you don't you do not have to share this rifle. Well, the kid's got a big heart, and he's like, "Yeah, no, I don't mind sharing my rifle." So, the two kids are sharing the twenty-two LR AR fifteen, and uh, we go back to firing our big boy rifles. Well, I started to notice that every time me and my buddy Rico took a shot, that this kid was like having a heart attack because. Unlike us full-grown adults who already have full-blown tinnitus from multiple incidents of not having my ears on when guns and explosives went off, uh, this kid's got a perfectly good set of ears, and we are just raping them with our most in the gun sniper rifles. And so I even, like, I, my conscience kicked in, and I was like, dude, we, we got to stop. Like, we're, we are murdering this kid's ears. Also, the guys down at the other end of the firing range, they had gotten into their whole mag dumping uh, portion of their day, and they weren't even, they, they didn't have targets. Like they, so even when they were like selectively firing, they weren't shooting at anything. And so now they're just mag dumping. And so uh, we look at uh, Rico's stepson, and we're like, "Hey, kid." Time to pack it up, go in the truck, because we're about to just start rapid-firing these bolt actions right and left, and uh, we're going to try to get these guys out of here. So Austin uh, tells the kid to scram, the, the, the other kid to scram, packs up his gun and goes and sits in the truck, and so me and my buddy have it set up to where I shoot, then he shoots, I shoot, then he shoots. So we're kind of emulating semi-automatic... Uh, firing and so um i would fire then he would fire i would fire then he would fire i would fire or so on and then you know we'd both reload as quickly as we could and then it'd go back to trading off shots finally the two guys at the end of the range they're like whoa 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 cold range cold range and so we stop and they're like guys they're like y'all gotta stop with that those guns are way too damn loud and we're like, well, we were here first, and we've gotten our scope sighted in, so we're actually hitting our targets that we have down 100 yards downrange. Like, what are you hitting? And they're like, hey, you know what? Fair enough. Just, uh, can, can y'all stay cold long enough so I can, you know, like, get a phone call in? And we're like, yeah, sure, you know, do what you gotta do. 
So he goes and gets in his car and makes a phone call and gets out. And we go back to firing our guns. We stopped trying to be just totally obnoxious. And I'd say about 20, 25 minutes later, about four or five more cars pull in. And they are all friends of the original two guys that have been there with their little kid or whatever. And so when when these four groups packed full of people comes out, they've got ARs, AKs, AR pistols, AK pistols, Glocks, you name it. And they're pretty much just... Uh, Doing a shoot for all with all of them. None of them have targets. Again, none of them have targets. And you got all these guys with rifles on the pistol range. A guy comes and stands next to me, which I was on the very last shooting bench for the rifle range, and the dude's holding like a thirty-eight. Uh, and when he's firing, he's not aiming, and he's actually two of his shots hit the frame of my target. He stops, taps me on the shoulder, and he's like, I think I might have accidentally hit your target, man. And I was like, no, I know for a fact you hit my target. Man, my bad, my bad. Uh, you, I, you need money for that? And I was like, no, dude. Uh, it's like PVC. It's all of seven bucks. But, you know, really appreciate you bringing the pistol onto the rifle range and not hitting jack shit other than my target stand. And so he could tell that I was upset, and he kind of walked away. Well, finally, I look at my, my buddy, uh, Rico, and I'm like, hey, man, I think we fucked up. Like, let's just pack her up and just get out of here. So we pack all the guns up. We call a cold range so that we can go get my PVC stands that are holding my targets. And we take three steps out onto that range. And a dude over on the pistol range pulls out his AK-47-style rifle and just starts he realistically i think he only fired off three shots because the other people that were there were like hey bro chill like dude they called cold range like what the fuck are you doing now were they covering for the guy to make it look like an accident i don't know i do know that i like to give people the benefit of the doubt and i'll just say hey it was negligence i mean not negligence but ignorance and so, uh, me and my buddy, Rico, we damn near, like, hit the dirt because we were trying not to get shot. I looked at Rico, and I was like, hey, look, bud, uh, that is literally, as I mentioned earlier, seven bucks. And I am not about to lose my life over seven dollars. Nor am I about to go to jail because I returned fire on a guy that's trying to shoot me. I was like, it's just not worth it. And so, we left the PVC stand and targets out there. And that was uh, the end to that story. So the moral to that story is if you can't win the game of uh, being obnoxious on the range, don't fucking start. And these guys obviously, you know, they they saw what we were trying to do. They saw they knew that we had been taking our shots, uh, taking time with our shots, and then we just started firing as fast as we could to try to get them to vacate the range. And that's when they made their little phone call. And they, they outdone us. They outdone us real good. Uh, so ways that all of that could have been avoided. The first red flag of the guy handing his five-year-old son a forty-five caliber pistol and almost losing it, murdering my friend's stepson, 
that's red flag number one. We should have just been like, hey, you know what? I know we've only been out here for 40, 45 minutes, but it's time to go. We can come back tomorrow, whatever, another day. That's, and then when the guy was like, hey, can you babysit my kid for me? We should have just been like, you know what? No, in fact, we're, we're out of here. We are not going to be a part of this murder scene. So, bye. Uh, and if we had just done that, uh, A, I wouldn't have this fascinating story to tell you, and B, uh, I would have almost never been shot. Okay, so on to the second story of a scary incident that's happened down at the old shooting range. This is a story about how two guys actually caught the range on fire, and it's because they were shooting tracer ammo. So this is back during the Obama years when Obama was doing multiple gun band scares and ammo band scares, and ammo was becoming really hard to come by, especially if it was 5.56 or 2.23. At this point in time, all I ever, I think all I really even owned was an AR. Uh, I didn't have nearly the mass collection that I have now. So, uh, me and my buddy, we'll call him Red Wing, he'll know who he is, um, we were down there shooting our ARs, and uh, these two older gentlemen show up, and when these two guys get out of their cars, you can tell that these are some, like, CEO, uh, top-tier guys. Uh, one guy was driving a Mercedes AMG, and the second guy was driving an Audi TT, I think, just to let you know what kind of money these guys were pulling. Also, these two guys were well into their late 40s, early 50s, and should have should have known better than to do what they did. But they uh, they unloaded their ARs. It looked like they were shooting some Daniel Defense type ARs. Had damn good optics on it, and they go to shooting their guns. And um, that's when me and my buddy noticed. We're like, hey, these guys are shooting tracers, like. FYI, just so you know, tracers are banned on just about every public firing range that's outdoors, and indoors for that matter, because they do start fires, and when you're in the middle of a fucking forest, the last thing you want to do is fire tracers and start a goddamn forest fire. So, uh, just to make the story short, as they're firing, they catch the top of the fucking berm on fire. And not only do they catch the top of the berm on fire, but as soon as they see smoke, they pack it up, turn tail, and run. They don't even try to even attempt to put these flames out. They're just like, nope, hard nope, and just wash their hands of the entire situation. Packed the guns up, threw them into the back of their cars, and burned the fuck out to get out of there. Now, I don't know about you, but if that had been me, there's no way my conscience would have let me sleep a wink at night knowing that I'd started a fire and didn't at least try to put it out. And I know what was going through these guys' heads. They knew they'd done fucked up, and they thought that if they stuck around, they were either going to get heavily fined by a game warden or taken to jail. Now, personally, I don't think they would have actually been arrested, but they would have most definitely gotten some pretty heavy fines like five hundred dollars to a thousand bucks easy uh, per, per person since they were both out there firing tracers anyway so it was me and my buddy and four other strangers that wound up running over to the berm and we're kicking dirt on it and we're like having to climb like 20 feet on top of this berm and we're kicking dirt we're stomping on it we're we've, we're taking our jackets off and trying to fan the flames out and it took us like a good 15 minutes to get everything put out. 
And after everything was all said and done, we're all kind of looking at each other, and we're like, we're basically just, like I said, strangers. And we were able to band together and get this thing, you know, put out. Like, who the fuck were those two guys to just turn tail and run like a couple of scared children? Guys with gray hair. Guys with pocketbooks that a thousand dollars wouldn't have been shit to them. So, um... There's there's that little lesson uh, slash incident, and the moral of that is don't fire tracers on public ranges. Next story that I have for you is the time that I actually watched a old Mauser blow up on a guy. So this dude had an old eight millimeter Mauser, and this gun was archaic. We're talking about made in the 1880s, old, so well over a hundred years old, and the guy was not only. So, let me start over. This guy was shooting this poorly maintained 8mm Mauser, and he was firing some pissing hot redneck reloads out of this gun. He fires the first shot, no issue. Fires the second shot, one of the loudest explosions I've ever heard happens. And I don't know if the explosion blew him back, or if it was just a fear knee-jerk reaction where he jumped and fell back. But he goes one way, the rifle goes the other, and when he lands on the ground, he's screaming, My eyes! My eyes! I can't see! I can't see! Well, after we all stop firing and we turn our attention to this guy and we're like checking him out or whatnot, he slowly begins to regain his eyesight. And luckily enough, all he really had superficially or uh, cosmetically was he had powder burns on his cheeks and nose and forehead. Uh, luckily, no shrapnel got him. Uh, the, the gun was totaled. It, the, the barrel looked like a cartoon banana peel. And uh, there's another YouTuber that you can go watch, Kentucky Ballistics, where he had a 50 cal blow up on him, and he had to shove his thumb in his goddamn neck just to keep from bleeding out. So the, the moral of that story is don't use redneck reloads that you don't know how hot they are. Uh, I personally won't fire a reloaded cartridge unless me or my dad or somebody I know very well reloaded the um cartridge because some of the some of the reload cartridges that you can buy like uh gun gun shows and stuff they're the the guys either don't know what they're doing or they just aren't paying attention to what they're doing because they're just trying to turn a fast buck on the side so uh moral of that story stay away from pissing hot reloads all right and for my last story for the night we're going to talk about some tannerite explosions and how they can go south really fast if you decide to play redneck chemist so me and some buddies uh we were shooting on some private land that one of my buddy's dads owned and we had decided that we were going to put our money together and get some tannerite and try to blow up an old safe um well we went to mixing the tannerite way more. We put way more of it in a container than we should have. And long story short, when we hit the tannerite with the rifle cartridge, the, the shit exploded and sent shrapnel every which way. Luckily, we were actually at a very safe distance of about 100 feet, uh, 100 yards. Not feet, we were at 100 yards. And... um 
none of the shrapnel came even close to hitting us, but it, it could have. And uh, there's plenty of YouTube videos of guys shooting Tannerite and the shrapnel coming back on them. One kid puts uh, straps some Tannerite to a lawnmower, and when he hits the Tannerite, it uh, slings the blade of the lawnmower right towards his knee and decapitates his leg. So, you know, when you're... When you're buying the, the Tanner, and Tannerite's legal, you can get it at Academy, um, I think Bass Pro and Cabela's and uh, places like that. But, you know, just keep it to the single little container that it's com that it comes in. Don't find a larger container and then mix several of the little, like, cans into one. Because I'm telling you, you're going to get an explosion bigger than what you bargained for. And depending on what you've got that Tannerite around, you could have some shrapnel that you don't want. Like, there, there's there's another video on YouTube where uh, these guys are shooting Tannerite at a fridge. And uh, when they hit the Tannerite, the, the, do the door of the fridge comes flying past the guy, barely missing him. So, uh, with that story, just... just Keep the Tannerite to a minimum. Follow the instructions. Don't go playing Breaking Bad Chemist on them. And uh, just, just be safe out there, guys. Well, folks, that wraps up this episode of a podcast for people who don't know shit about guns. Please like and subscribe so that you know when I post some future episodes. The goal is to post one episode a week. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if you feel like I've left anything out, please do let me know in the comments. And on that note, I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.